G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. It is Sunday, so that means of course I have to sit down with the man himself, J-Lo, and discuss all the relevant sporting events. Another big week of AFL is in the books, an interesting week of AFL fantasy that saw a lot of coaches uh, cop some pretty average scores. We're going to talk about our teams and how we went on the weekend, a few of our trades moving forward, and touch on the NBA playoffs. We've got Three games in all of the conference semis done now, so all four series are sitting at 2-1. Big game four is coming up, so without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. We're back for another Sunday sit-down after a very enthralling Adelaide and Fremantle contest that we battled through. Thoughts on the game that we just watched? Oh, I was asleep for all of it, mate. Sorry. <laughs> May as well have been, eh? just so, so slow. Yeah. The lowest combined total in the 21st century for our and Adelaide kicked. Yeah. Feel but sorry for anyone that paid money to go watch that. The new zoning rule is really, really lighting up the scoreboards this year, isn't it? I'm pretty sure, I mentioned this, this to you earlier, I, I could be wrong, but I swear I saw this graphic that this is the worst goal-kicking accuracy that we've seen in, like, I can't remember exactly how long but in years they the talking, Eagles are the only team over 50% yeah they mentioned that at the start of the the Freo game just before I that's nuts. went for a kip so yeah that's something. it's funny because in the preseason it looked like it was going to be like a real goal fest yeah it's crazy how things yeah. have changed pretty rapidly uh, but that was only one of the nine games in round seven we were glued into that one to watch the Crouch Boys run amok and yeah. thankfully they kind of saved my fantasy score in my weekend how'd yeah. your uh AFL fantasy team go this week? Not a whole lot better than yours, yeah. mate. I think it was pretty rough for coaches all around the Yeah, there's a bit of carnage throughout the, uh, throughout the AFL fantasy world. What'd you score? Uh, that's a good question. It was a tick under 2K. Yep. So uh, maybe 1980, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, boys came. some of the boys came to play. Uh, others did not. My midfield looked very holy. Liver, obviously, was a pretty... Pretty big one. I think coaches around the country will sort of be scrambling to get rid of him. Uh, traded out Jackie Martin, who yeah, proceeded to have a 120. You know, it's just one of those weekends. I was pretty dark last night until <laughs> you came back this morning and let me know the, how crap you were going. <laughs> yeah. oh, I was sitting at the start of that Frio, because I had uh, Patrick Dangerfield captain yeah, for all rough. those people out there uh, wondering why I scored so low. But I had uh, came back in... To the start of the Adelaide and Frio game, just ready to quit. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in a real bad place, but uh, that's all right. Those boys kind of saved me. I ended up getting to nineteen twenty something, I think. Yeah, and I actually moved up a couple of hundred spots in rank, so I can't be too unhappy with that, really. Yeah. Considering how much crap happened this week, I know I'm still mile off the pace, but uh, still moving in the right direction. Yeah, I moved up five thousand uh, spots. I'm pretty sure. Did you? Yeah, nice. Good job. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, like I said, carnage out there. Popular moves this week will probably be getting rid of Constable with people held on to him and Libba, yeah, as you mentioned. So you got rid of Jackie Martin. What other trades did you make uh, before round seven? Uh, I wanted to chop out Whitfield because you know, I'd already taken a 40k hit on his price and that's only going to tumble even if he comes back in next week. I'm thinking all about the money at the moment. So I went Makes sense. Whitfield and Jackie Martin, I turned them into bloody Basha Hooley who just... just 
Well, absolutely spotted it up. Oh, did he? I don't actually remember what back. He had about a 63 or something. No, disgusting. He, he didn't take any of their kick-ins, weirdly, this no. week. It was all Titch Edwards. So that I think that hurt his score a fair bit. And he, you know, they were under siege. And I think they might continue to really be under siege for the for season. Yeah, let's, let's spend two minutes on that. What the hell's going on with Richmond? I know they've lost, like, I guess you could say, arguably, their three biggest players in Cochin, Rewalt, and Rance for most of the season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dusty even has just not looked like himself as well. They're a bit all over the shop. Well, look, I'll be the first to tell you that I never really bought Richmond, even when they won. And they had a great year last year. Like, they were, they were well-drilled and they had a, they sort of all knew their roles. But I'll give you credit. You have been on that bandwagon for quite a while. Yeah, as soon as those key players have, have fallen, or those, you know, those key dominoes, there's no one to step up, and you know, a structure can only get you so far. And honestly, they're not really sticking to that structure at the moment. Um, so I just think they're just being run all over. They've got no speed through their midfield, not really. really yeah, yeah. They've got no elite ball users other than Bashahuli, probably the one who comes to mind. Yeah. And they just have no one to step up in those. I guess key, if you take out moments. some of those like big names out of anyone's team, they're going to struggle, but. Yeah, it just seems that Richmond seems falling apart at the seams. They're, who do they play on the week of the dogs? Yeah. Well, they've got a great that. midfield. And I, That's true. I think Richmond, Richmond with no Cochin and, and Martin playing terribly, they were always going to get a little bit exposed by great midfields. Um, you know, because obviously if that for, their forward line doesn't have the ball coming to them crisply, then they're in trouble. But yeah, they really got torn apart by the doggies who do... I reckon they might have the best midfield in the league. The yeah, hard to argue. Right up there with the likes of Collingwood probably comes to mind. Yeah, GWS maybe yeah. as well. When yep. they're clicking, they're hard to stop. Yep. Yeah, the Tiggies uh, come to town this week. I might even go to that game actually. Yeah, it'd be, be worth watching. Interesting. Yeah, it'd be worth watching. be worth trading Fife in for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, starting to explore. Lockout has lifted, so I'm starting to explore my uh, trades this week, and I'm one grand shy of going Constable to Boak and getting rid of Gus Brayshaw to Fife. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know. Fife's a... Uh, he's never had a, the greatest like fantasy scoring pedigree, but that's because he's always just been banged up and hurt. And yeah. Some of those injury-affected scores hurt his average, but... Well, he started last year like a house on fire because he had a full preseason, mm. and he was he was like a very viable fantasy option yeah. until he got injured again, which you know like it, that could happen to anyone. So if he stays oh, yeah. healthy, like you said, he's always been a bit banged up. But if he's healthy, there's no reason he couldn't be a, a you know a, a top eight midfielder. That's true. He's got the fifth highest average in the last three games. Loves so. to grab a mark. Loves to lay, or he lays enough tackles to mm. be to be solid and is a bit of a kicker. So, yeah, I could definitely see him. I've always wanted five for the last two years. I've yeah. won and just never quite had the, the space for him. So Yeah, you can't have them all, unfortunately. Although, my midfield's starting to look like one of my shakiest lines. Guys like Brayshaw and Rocky aren't really getting it done. Matty Crouch is consistently just between 105 and 120, so I'm happy with that. And yeah. Cripper comes to the party but yeah there's definitely a couple of the big names not really living up to the hype yeah my mids were really solid to start the season and then I sort of I, I admittedly I went with I've gone with the pack a little bit bringing Rocky in even though I sort of was a little bit uh, hesitant yeah I was yeah. hesitant and I sort of I folded but you know that's almost almost hasn't paid at this point I, I yeah. did change him uh, he went he came in for Oliver so that actually has been okay but 
Yeah, I uh, I think it pays sometimes to just go against the grain a little bit. Like, don't you shouldn't go crazy, mm. but you know, it's it is your fantasy side at the end of the day. So, you case know, in point in that can be uh, just exemplified by one of our mates, Chris Tassel, who's yeah. actually sitting second overall after this weekend. Yeah. So, I don't think you listen to the podcast, but if you do, congrats, mate. Yep, he mate, uh, yeah. had a couple of cans on uh, Thursday and Friday and decided that he's going to trade in Elliot Yo, who outscored everyone this round. He was the highest scorer in the round. Like it's those type of just random master strokes. Don't let's not really call it a master stroke just yet, but those type of moves that just win you the car. Maybe not weird stuff maybe like that. Maybe not the car, but certainly we'll get your hat from the top hundred. Maybe yeah, we'll definitely win your grand every like on any given week. You yeah, know? so. Yeah, I uh, I do sort of. <laughs> it's I know, still so funny. To think I know. I know that like the popular fantasy AFL fantasy circles kind of all trend in the same direction mm. and sort of, but you know, weirdly they then end up saying, "Oh, look, think about the players of difference," and it's just like they're sort of burning the candle from both ends. Yeah. You just got to, I think. Get your own strategy and really stick to it and listen yeah. to listen to what you think is going to happen. Well, my ever since I started badly without Crouch and Liver and have been on the back foot, my priority has just been fixing up, get the right rookies who are playing, and it's worked well for me. I've been able to generate money, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of following the herd this week because I've saved up a lot of coin. I'm going to be getting in Travis Boak. That's fine. And for that reason, I think, like the, for the reason that Port has a good like upcoming fixture, I might keep Rocky for now. But yeah, he and Gus Brayshaw, they've got to start looking like premium midfielders. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to chop them around. Andrew Gaff is someone that I'm obsessed with getting into my team. So I might have to make that work sooner rather than later. Yeah, possibly. I, uh, <clears throat> I think uh, Rocky's probably got one week. But I, I actually probably could strike. And go liver to bond, rocky to gaff, say. And I'm, you have that much money. I probably do, yeah. So I'm that would pretty be, tempted. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens. But uh, I've been uh, obsessed as well with getting the perfect, well, defined perfect, but the right buy structure. So we're only in around seven, but there's, what, four games now before the buys? Like Eight, that. nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, so around twelve. So four a month now until the buys start. So... All the coaches out there who are looking at making moves, it's definitely something to consider. You, there's no real perfect solution, but you try. You want to have more guys playing, obviously, in the later buys than the early ones. I think from memory, the Bulldogs, who else? Frio, Hawthorne. There's a couple of teams, Port Adelaide. There's a couple of teams that have the first buy that I'm looking at upgrade targets, but I might wait until after that round 12 week to try and bring him in. Yeah, remembering we have the three trades as well, so that does afford a little bit it's more very flexibility. Helpful. Yeah. I, th- I feel like if there's anyone you, you're sort of like umming and ahhing about, it's probably a good idea to just grab them straight off their buy. Okay? Yeah. Like, that's the kind of the structure I like to go with. I did that last year and it worked pretty nicely for me. Um, but yeah, you just got to you got to start thinking about it about now. This is this is where you can make the big jump, like because yeah. a lot of people do sort of forget it. If you nail the buyers, you know, especially you if you make your rank, exactly, much. yeah. Especially if you make smart investments in the next month or so. Like it comes down to <laughs> flukes like trading in Yowie and picking the right captain and that. But yeah, you can get yourself in the mix by doing some uh, smart trading. That's for sure. All right, I think we talked a little bit. Uh, Enough about AFL Fantasy. Just quickly, what are your uh, trades looking like at the moment, right off the bat? Liber, Liber will go, yep. I think. Um, Down or up? Uh, probably to Bond. Yeah. Um, so probably up. i got the money to to definitely chop Liber to someone I want. I can pretty much get anyone. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to... Actually, I probably wouldn't have the money to do that gaff trade now I think about it. 
but I could probably go Libera Gaff, which I, I might honestly That's pull the trigger on. Yeah, I could. That would be a Matty Parker downgrade in the other line. Yep. Just do a bit of flipping around. So off the dome, something like that, I'm thinking. Yeah, nice. I uh, moved Matty Parker on this week, so it might be uh, time for Jack Petrocelli to leave the large for and Coke. He's sitting there in uh, my last bench spot. So yeah. I think I'll flick him out just to keep a decent chunk of change around, just so I can make a move on someone like Gaffey or Whitfield in a couple of yeah. weeks, or even Connor Blakely, because he yeah. had good numbers in the waffle. I'll probably want to wait, like we talked about before, a week or two and see how he looks, but he's someone that I want to bring into my defence too. Yeah, Whitfield just quickly could almost be a bloke. Coming off that corky, that'll be that'll hamper him for a couple of weeks. So, you mm. know, just bounce back from a cork, especially one that was bad enough to send him to the forward line and, like, absolutely not affect the contest, plus yeah. all the flying he's been doing. Might be someone I might look at off the buyers, I think. Yeah, they've got a pretty... Um, what's the word? Decent fixture heading into the buyers, but yeah, they do. They after their buyer, they go Essendon, Brisbane, Richmond. Yeah, and he's a he's a bolter as well. So yeah, he relies on that speed and that like separation. So I I would like. I'm just gonna wait and see for sure. Yeah, on uh, on Whitfield. Are you thinking uh, you got Boking last week? Mm. You thinking uh, you're gonna do a similar thing with Danger now that he's had that just miserable game his price is going to tick down going yeah. to wait and then pounce on him in a couple of weeks too Danger's at least a two week wait for me, uh, two week wait for me now just because I, I really like to play the money game I've got the finance degree so I uh, I sort of think about how can I get the most value yeah um, and like because I feel like that's so important come the later rounds in the year sort of having that team that's elite and you can just go well I'll just chop to anyone yeah rather than sort of having to scrimp and save and like do some weird laterals just to get the team you want. I'd rather have be able to afford it all. Because I, I sort of have looked at all the other teams quite high in the rankings, and I've got as valuable, if not like more valuable, than those guys. Yeah, so, okay. Um, it, that's sort of something... I guess that's that something I need to think about as well. We're a third of the way through this season. Yeah, like, it's getting closer. The next seven... Like, the next block, I guess you could say, the middle third, is obviously going to be the most important like yeah. around those buy periods. So setting up a couple of trades this next month to get your buy structure right and then having three good weeks in the buy structure uh, the buy rounds then you can just come home with a wet sale yeah yeah it's all about filling those rookie spots for me yeah and just and maintaining as much money as, as possible so I'll, I'll chop someone out who's about to lose money over the next couple of weeks just because i think that's more valuable to have that money in my bank yeah nice all right, just quickly, uh, we need to touch on the NBA playoffs. We're three games through every series at the moment, but uh, not all series are created equally. Let's just talk a little bit about the Denver Nuggets-Portland uh, four-quad overtime game. Yeah, that was pretty wild. It was, uh, you know, obviously I'm on the, the wrong side of history on that one. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, it's pretty pretty. Like the flattening, I know that's not really a good word to use, but yeah. it was deflating to sort of fight really hard for four overtimes and then like literally almost two games and then um, kind of lose it to a bloody Rodney, Rodney Hood. Like, who, who the hell are you, mate? Like, so I, I do wonder how that'll affect the Nuggets crew. I reckon it might flatten them out a little bit. Yeah, that's going to be tough to see how they respond. Is that game tomorrow? It is. Pretty yeah. quick turnaround, yeah. Yeah, really quick turnaround. I guess the only positive is that 
Jokic was the only one who logged crazy minutes for mm. us, and he just lumbers up and down the court anyway. Like he doesn't need to be running fast. Gary fouled out early in the maybe in the second or third. Yeah, right. So uh, overtime, obviously. So he's going to have a bit of rest, whereas Lillard and McCollum logged the big minutes. Yeah, that's Cantor true. Cantor is banged. Yeah, Cantor was running around with his hand in his jersey as like a sling after the game. Yeah. Like his shoulders. Munted. Yeah, so I, and Heartless was a bit questionable coming in. He did play, but I'm like, maybe they're more banged up. Mm. Maybe getting that blood through Jamal Murray's leg is a good thing. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but I hope that it doesn't deflate those young young players. Whereas, like, I think it might. That's yeah, it's that was almost like not a tipping point, but yeah, it's you're right. It is pretty deflating to be like, oh shit, like we got. Nothing to show from just an absolute battle trying yeah. to get that W. But I tell you, on what, the road too, like if they came away with it, it, would be huge. I guess that's the one thing is that at least it wasn't at home. Like if that happened at home, you'd be like, oh. But you're not meant to win on the road, so if we could sneak this one out, at least we were in it. Like yeah. if you're getting blown out on the road, I'm like, oh, that's a bit worrying. Mm-hmm. But if we were in it, we could have literally had it like off one shot yeah like it, both teams could have had about five times it really times. was a flip of the coin kind of situation so hopefully that doesn't flatten them out too much and they actually have the fresher of the legs they're younger I guess mm, that's true. something that and we, we're used to that altitude so hopefully maybe even if we we're going back to Denver so yeah. that might uh, that might play a big factor being everyone exhausted then we've got those altitude legs. That's true. Yeah, that's definitely something to consider. How's Doris Burke was saying during the game that you guys are like the eighth youngest playoff team ever? Something yeah, like that? something like that's that. That's crazy, huh? Yeah, I know. I'm, well, I'm feeling good. It's, good signs for the future. Like right? you said, uh, we're playing with house money this yeah, playoffs. Yeah. So, but it's very possible. Like We're not that far off an NBA uh, conference finals. Yeah, so, it's pretty crazy to think. Um, and, you know, we've probably got the matchups to make it happen still, um, mm. especially with Lillard playing so bad. So Yeah, I had one decent game out of the three already. CJ McCollum seems to be doing decent stuff. But right. yeah, if Lillard's a bit off, then that can just... Potentially, see you guys get up. Hope so. Very interesting Hope next couple so. of games coming yeah, up. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it, That's the most intriguing series by yeah. a while. Although I do quite like the Boston-Milwaukee series. That That is quite interesting. Well, let's move to that one. So Boston-Milwaukee, same deal, 2-1. All four series are uh, 2-1 at the moment. Boston were up, I want to say, by about double digits early in the second. Because that was on before the Portland Denver. Yeah, they're game, up so I tuned in 10, a bit. I think, so. Yeah, and then they kind of just self-destructed they looked ripped. like you ended up tuning out for a couple of the last periods yeah, but yeah they did not look impressive Milwaukee kind of just had their way with them granted like they were getting big games from guys like Pat Connington and George Hill but and Giannis was just running around doing whatever he wanted but yeah I do wonder who the best team in the east is because for ages we've said oh yeah it's probably still Milwaukee maybe it's Toronto maybe mm-hmm. Philly but yeah the Bucks haven't looked like the best team in the East. You know what I mean? Like they've got through this series, but they dropped the first game to Boston. Boston's kind of made them earn it. But what do you reckon? Do you think that the Celtics can turn this into a series? Or do you think that Milwaukee will now kind of flex their muscle? Uh, I think Milwaukee flexes. I just don't like the Boston's uh, chemistry. I don't think it quite works. I don't think their mix quite works. I'm a huge Brad Stevens believer. Mm. But I don't think their mix is quite right at the moment. Their youth is kind of, you know, they're almost hitting like some sort of weird, not sophomore wall, Tatum's a sophomore wall, you know, like yeah. they might have kind of, they sort of got a big head in that first year and now it's sort of, 
is coming back to catch them. And you got to remember, like, they're rookies. Well, Tatum was a rookie going straight into a lengthy playoff. Yeah, that's a good thing. point. Like, like, we always talk about how Golden State's probably going to start to get tired at some point um, because they've just played, like, 100 games every yeah, year for the last years five years. So I feel like that could be starting to happen to Boston, whereas Milwaukee's a little bit more seasoned, like, where where it matters with this in those star players, and they've got, like interesting players like Lopez and stuff. So I think I think Milwaukee flexes and I just I also just do not believe in Boston that much. Mm-hmm. And you gotta remember like those real elite teams, they're not all they don't can't always bring it every night um, and dominate, but they just find a way to win. Yeah. Those right. Scrappy games, which Milwaukee's managed to do over the last two. So I think they, they roll on. But um, it's interesting, you're right, they got some big games from some random players, but that Gave those guys a bit of a night off. Like they've still got Brogdon to come back into the mix too, which is that's about now, isn't it? I don't like, know. Let me have a quick look. I, I know, think I, they said sort of game two, three. Yeah, they did, they said second round. Um, whenever that is, we'll see. Obviously, there's no um, definitive timeline been laid down, so we're still yeah. not 100 percent sure. But that's going to be a huge get for them because he will obviously give them a boost, and he just shoots so well. Like yeah, he's just he's literally a 90, uh, 40, 50, 40, 90 guy. This year. <laughs> that is incredible that yeah. it was a 50-40-90. It hasn't even been talked about, really. Like, you go talk about because that's just like... It doesn't matter where it's coming from on a court. That's just reliability from one of the five starting positions, which is great when you've got Giannis clanking 15% of his... <laughs> only hitting 15% of his threes for the first half of the season, you know? I think that really helped him through. Yeah, if they're going to excel, you need those type of guys around. So. Underrated, for sure. Well, they've said here that... Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is close. He'd be assessed over the next couple of days. And he's progressing in the right direction. So we might see him let's in this it, series. Let's call it game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we might see him when the, they take on the team the next round because they're probably going to advance, let's be honest. I hope so. Yeah. Between uh, Philly and Toronto, who also tied it. Well, not tied, but sitting at two and one. Mm-hmm. Raptors need something out of Kyle Lowry. This yeah. is almost like a legacy-defining game coming up for him because he is just... He threw up seven points in game three. Who was it? Oh, against Orlando in game one. He had an Ofer. Like, he's just... I don't know what it is. There's players like this every year, and there have been heaps through history of just guys that tend to just have great regular seasons. They're fantastic regular season guys, but for whatever reason, when it comes to playoff time, just can't turn up. The thing I'll say about Lowry, though, is that with Pascal Siakam coming on so strong this year... It's taken a bit of pressure off him. Like, mm. not in the sense that, you know, he, he can just throw up offers yeah. all, all he wants, but he doesn't need to be that that second scoring option, which I think kind of is why Toronto's in the position they are. They're I looking think he averaged a career high in dimes this year. Like, yeah, wouldn't right. surprise me. He's still, you still got to look at him as an overall player rather than a scorer. Like, people get really caught up in Kyle Lowry's scoring, which is fair enough. Like, he should be scoring... 15, 20 points a game. Yeah. And he is laying a bit of an egg, but he's still a great point guard. One of the, like you said, averaged a career high in dimes and was top five in the league. Mm. Like a fantastic defensive player. Takes a ton of offensive... I was just going to uh, say, takes a lot of charges. Yeah, yeah, a lot of charges. And also good rebounder for his size. He's like a, he's a tank. He's a unit. He's like a really like hard work on the defensive end. So I think even though he's not necessarily putting up the, the points... It's not a huge detractor for Toronto, whereas in the years past, it really was. Mm-hmm. So, And obviously, the claws, like, 
just a cut above Demar, who also is an egg layer in the playoffs. Yeah. Whereas, uh, obviously, Kawhi is not. He's averaging more and more points every playoff he's played. He's averaging, like, 31 now. Something crazy like that, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fascinating series, that one. I think we're destined to go to seven with this one. Maybe Philly will win game four at home. But Joel Embiid did, pray, did look pretty good and play um, pretty amazing in game three. But even if they go up 3-1, I don't... Have super. I don't think alarm bells should be ringing super loudly for Toronto. I mean, obviously you don't want to fall down three one, but not many not many teams win from three one down. It's true, but I, I agree. I sort of think they've got the best player in the series, best two way player in this in the league. Yeah, um, he's like just some weird cyborg, like emotionless. Doesn't matter what time part of the game it is, he's just like ice cold. He's not so. He's like a bit scary in that sort of way. Like you, you, we always talk about like those elite performers being like kind of different. Yeah. You just you have to be wired a little bit different, and like Kawhi is the absolute epitome of that. Um, so I, I think it'll be a really good series. He should take Ben Simmons out of the game. Um, it's really well, Ben was playing pretty good D on him. I, can't, I think it was game two I watched, and Ben kind of I mean held him in check. Like, he still had like, like thirty points. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, like Ben Simmons is. I guess, holding his own, which we talked about um, at the start of this series. We said it would be interesting to see what Simmons dishes up. I mean, he hasn't lit it on fire stat-wise, but at least he's you know doing something and impacting it in a positive way. But yeah, it would be interesting to see uh, if Kawhi just drops another 40-burger. The most interesting thing is like <clears throat> kind of debating who's the better player, who which team has the best player in the series. Same with the Denver-Portland series. Yeah. Like It's really interesting to sort of analyze that it's, it's pretty hard to answer at this point would you take Kawhi or Joel I think I would take Kawhi and th- I'm tempted to take Jimmy Butler second only oh. because of how he played in game two like he took that game over granted that's when Joel Embiid was sick and yeah like he said it on record he was literally trying not to like shit on the court <laughs> which is hilarious so yeah Jimmy Butler's trying to kind of forge that Reputation and legacy, so I'm giving him a little bit of props, but Jimmy, yeah, I'd probably still go Kawhi and then Joel. Jimmy's a killer, don't get me wrong, but like he'll, he'll have one or two really good games in any given series, but then probably hurt more than he helps mm. in the other ones. That's the way I feel about Jimmy, anyway. I and I love Jimmy Butler, but he is a bit up and down just because of his, his attitude and like what he brings to the court and stuff like that. So, yeah, he is an interesting character, Jimmy Buckets, that's for sure. Yeah, where do you see this series going for Ozzy? I think, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to seven. I think this game, actually, game three for me, uh, for Boston as well, is like pretty defining for the two teams that are trailing in the East because they've got big free agents potentially this summer. Mm. Like If you want to try and get Kyrie and Kawhi to stay in your team's uniform, you want to audition it to them. This, these are the type of series that you've got to show some fight in. Even if they don't win them, if Toronto goes to seven and then bows out to Philly, I think that's almost Kawhi out the door. I think they need to win like a chip for him to consider staying. Yeah. But Boston, they might be able to you know, contend a bit with Milwaukee and be like, oh, we need a few bits and pieces, but maybe we should keep Kyrie. It's so interesting for Kawhi. Like, obviously, Kyrie and Kawhi... Like, they've already won chips. Mm. They're not, like, going to chase their first ring. So, and they want to be the star. So, like, you couldn't pick a much better supporting cast for Kawhi really. other than maybe shipping Lowry. Um, 
Lowry somewhere else and, and filling that hole. Like it's obviously Kawhi's team with like a really nice nucleus. If yeah, I was and Pascal Kawhi, I coming around is just exactly. gives them just a th- two unbelievable forwards. All right, last series. Let's quickly turn our attention to Golden State and Houston. Try to keep this thing under thirty minutes. Well, this will be quick. Yeah. What do you reckon? Game over. Game over. Four one. Uh, yeah, probably. Maybe not. Might go to six, but. It's over for me. Took overtime for Houston to scrounge out a win today. I feel like James Harden, similarly to what we were talking about with Kyle Lowry, and those players that kind of just don't show up in the playoffs. He had 40, so I can't knock him too much. Yeah. But yeah, he's th- hasn't shoot? hasn't looked like the great regular season defining dude. I was listening to Bill Simmons' pod, I think it was today, might have been yesterday, and he was just talking a little bit about Harden's shooting numbers. And I think in the last three seasons, including this playoff so far, he's shooting like 30% from three in the postseason. Yeah. Like, just... You need regular season MVP Harden if they were to stand any chance. And Chris Paul's looking very 32 years old. I think that's how he... You know? Like, he's not the type of guy that you need a 10, 15-point quarter that he can deliver a lot anymore. So, it could be curtain call for uh, Houston. And I think... Their season's almost on the line in game four. Well, the, sort of put it this way, like I would say Curry and Harden are about equal as players, pro, like about as close as you can get yep. in the series. And then Golden State still have the best player in the world. Well, that's what I was, like, was going to ask that. So, so a Curry and a Harden not like performing, they sort of nullify one another. And then Golden State still has Clay Thompson and the best player in the world. Really. Is Kevin the best player in the world? He's uh, looking like at this playoffs. But he, him or Giannis? Yeah, he tend to take. Oh. I would probably. I think take, I'd still side with Giannis. You but take Giannis. You, you take Giannis because he's got like a lot more career ahead of him. True. You know what I mean? And he's defensively a bit better, but. Uh, if if I needed to get, win a game, I'm taking. Well, that's KD. what's going to. All right, so, so you want to win a game? You're taking KD first. Yeah. Yeah. What about a playoff series? Probably still KD because it's playoffs. You know, yeah. like he obviously elevates. Steps up on a big yeah. stage. Um, like he's the epitome of clutch. Like he really is as as clutch as anyone we've ever seen. Probably, especially because he comes to play big time in the playoffs. Like he kind of. I can't remember a bad playoff game from Kevin. Trump. Yeah, he kind of shut remember. the door. Not that there was ever a sniff, really, of the Clippers getting up, but like in that game six, he just decided, five, it, yeah, he had like, all right, this series is over. Yeah, I've had enough of this. Like, stop it. Yeah, yeah. He's this, he's one of the few players who could literally win a whole game on his own back. Mm. Um, Giannis is probably one of those, but if you, yeah, I would take KD, and I guess maybe that answers the question: who's the best player in the world? Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good point. I think. I can't remember exactly, but he had like... Th- I want to say Kevin had 30 points in the second half today. He was unreal. Sounds about right. Yeah. He is unreal, honestly. And yeah, I just think Golden State bat so deep. Though with that said, their bench is horrendous. That's true. We have been calling him out on it for a while. And it probably, if they do fall short this playoff, will be their Achilles heel. I but... think I heard them saying during the games today that it was like the starters for Golden State had... Like a hundred and just so this is not quite right, but it's like 120 yeah. of the 130 points or something just unbelievable like that, you know. So it's that is a worrying sign, which is why I'd much rather take Golden State against should Denver make it. I'd rather face Golden State than Houston. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. It's 
I still think, like, I was very much on the Houston bandwagon at the start of the playoffs. I was like, oh, they could knock the Warriors off. The Warriors look vulnerable. But, mm. yeah, like you said, you know, even if they have whoever the team that's matching up against them, you're like, oh, that's, there's this player that can kind of come back, Curry. Oh, and maybe they got someone that can run with Kevin. But then you're like, oh, they still also actually have Clay. Yeah. Oh, and, like, as much as I hate him, Draymond's actually playing pretty well. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, they're still just another beast. I just feel like Golden State uh, kind of ma- against lesser teams don't match up as well Houston just pound lesser teams whereas Golden State don't always show up and sometimes you can steal two three games like we saw the Clippers do it right yeah but whereas Houston would have smashed the Clippers I think but I think in like a two beasts going at one another Golden State wins every time which is why I was like hopefully Houston gets Golden State then Denver could just like some by some miracle beat Golden State because they're more susceptible to those random lesser teams who might just yeah. all score and then they're just and the they'll have a shooting, yeah. shooting slump. Curry goes to sleep. So it'll be very interesting, that's for sure. Game four's tip off tomorrow, but that's gonna uh, do it for this Sunday sit down. Thanks for uh, jumping on the couch again, mate. No Next right. one uh, might go up a little bit later if I do end up going to that Frio oh, yeah. Tiggies game, but. Uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, complaining once again about our AFL fantasy teams. And by next Sunday, will the what game would we be up to in the uh, Portland Denver series? Six or seven? Be f- almost through. Wouldn't yeah, it? they play every second day. So. Yeah, th- we would be close to. We might be previewing the conference finals then by this yeah, time next week. I would say. Good luck to the uh, Denver Nuggets and the Kusporkin boys. Let's go, boys. Yep, let's do it. Thanks. <laughs> Nice uh, smooth ending there from the boys. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in to the Sunday sit-down. Big week of trades coming up for the large fries and coke. Going to get uh, all around Travis Boak, but might have enough cash to do something fancy. Hopefully, I'm not throwing another curveball once team selections come out. I'll probably do another team selection podcast, so make sure after teams on Thursday night you shoot through your questions, and I'll record that late on Thursday. I'll probably put up a bit of a PSA on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out all my pieces at sportsbyfry.com, obviously. I'm doing an NFL fantasy one, which for all you AFL fantasy coaches out there, if you're looking for something to keep you entertained during the uh, lulls of the AFL off-season, NFL fantasy is always a good way to go. So I'm going to start ramping up my coverage of that. A few other bits and pieces in the work. You can check out my Dream Team Talk Cash Cows piece on Wednesday as per usual. The round wrap-up will be done tomorrow. Hopefully you can get the video edited and done tomorrow night. If not, that'll go up first thing on Tuesday morning. But once again, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, peace.